welcome to another episode of Academy Outcast, the cinematic education from one friend to another. I'm your co-host, Morgan Spatola. I'm your co-host, Thomas Jernigan. And when you hear Morgan's hello, you know you're in for a special treat. I feel like I don't say it the same way every time. I feel like you do. I feel like if we were to just make a compilation of all of your hellos, I guess maybe they're a little bit different, but they always have that influx. It's like, hello. How do you say hello? Hello. How would you say it if you had to introduce a podcast? Hello. Every two weeks. Not hello. I don't do it like that. It's almost like there's a dash between one of the L's. Like it's H-E-L dash L-O. No. It's almost like a rap, like, uh, artist name. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I disagree. Featuring hello. I don't think I'd say it like that at hello! all. Hello! No. Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie got married. Oh, so the the red-haired chick from Game of Thrones that has that um, weird accent. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Yeah. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I, she's, I don't. she's actually Scottish, like IRL. But it's like very muddled. She was from Beyond the Wall, so that's why she talked funny. I know, but like... I have re- to assume. In real life, she's still like... That's like it's, how Scottish you just were speaking in Scottish. That's all that if was. You do like a pure like you know. That's how Scottish people sound. It's made. There's something else in there. Maybe a bit of Welsh or a bit of. Uh, I wouldn't know. Like a, it's like a Cockney Scottish accent or something. <laughs> it just doesn't sound quite right. Maybe I'm just um, like accent blind because I just think all Scottish people sound the same. So this is a show where we learn about movies specifically. I learn about you, movies. Yeah, because it's an education from one friend to another. It's also You're the a friend, show. I'm yes. the other. You're the other. The another. I'm just a friendly guy. You're the friend, I'm the another. Yeah. So what are we doing this week? Okay, so last list, it was a little bit of a weird shakeup. Um, we reviewed a scene out of the movie, which kind of killed me because... We, you chose Atonement, which is great, and we saw that Dunkirk scene. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to watch the entire movie with you, and that's my fault. Well, that's kinda, what we should have done then, Mr. Listmaster. I know, and I kind of shot myself in the foot. Yeah. Anyway, during the list of whatever, uh, one of those movies on the list was um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. And that fell in line with my criteria, which is movies that you'd probably never pick or watch or whatever. But you said something that kind of spurred a little interest and i liked i liked that you said it it it, it made me happy um you said um you wanted to watch an old-timey movie i did say um, that last episode i I did say that and we've kind of come on a a little bit of a movie that was kind of old or a list rather which was the musical and then we we, ended up watching a modern one anyway (laughs) and they were all like from the 70s 60s whatever yeah um so that's what I have now is Ooh. kind of old timey movies. Old timey edition. So I was I was kind of struggling with this one because I didn't know I wanted it to be a span of two decades. Okay. And I was considering forties and fifties mm-hmm. or sixties and seventies. Okay. And I like forties and fifties because you had that very kind of like Casablanca, you know, Gone with the Wind, even though that came out in thirty nine. What about fifties and sixties? Why didn't you do that? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't land on that. So, first one on the list. Okay. It's kind of a dry black humor, or not black humor, dark humor. It's Stanley Kubrick's, which did 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. He did a few comedies mm. back in his day. Um, and this was one of those and comedies? this was one of his comedies. Okay. And uh, it's Dr. Strangelove. Oh. Have you heard of it? 
I have heard of it. Okay. There's more to the title, but it's like a paragraph long. I have not seen it. Okay. Stanley Kubrick and Peter Sellers. Does that name ring a bell at all? No. Okay. He's, not at all. He played a little character called the Pink Panther. Well, I mean, he was in the movie Pink Panther. Um, like the original one? Yeah, the oh, original one. Okay, one. your look, first of all, <laughs> made it seem like you haven't even heard of the Pink What's Panther. the Pink Panther? Oh, God. So Doctor Strange, love, it's all taking place. Uh, during the Cold War, like okay. the 1950s or sure. whatever. Anyway, so basically the movie is that a general goes a little haywire and uh, basically threatens the USSR with um, a nuclear war. Oh, no. And uh, he's about to launch um, a nuke over over Russia. He yeah. gives the code and everything like that. All right, so we got a second one. Now, you had to have heard about this movie. And uh, if you don't, get out. But um, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, I've heard okay. of this movie and those people. Yes, so Warren yes. Beatty. Okay. Um, and, oh my God, it's not Mia Farrow. Or is it Farrow? Oh my God. Look it up. Oh no. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. It's Faye Dunaway. I guarantee it's Faye Dunaway. Um, so Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. Uh, Warren Beatty, I believe, is directing the movie. Um, well, obviously, well, hang on. You know what Bonnie and Clyde is about, right? Of course. Yeah, okay. it's Faye Dunaway. You were Faye right. Dunaway. She is gorgeous in this movie. Oh, my God. Um, she went on to play Mommy Dearest, the movie um, about Joan Crawford. I think it's Joan Crawford being a psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it's just a classic movie. You know, yeah. I, the first time I actually saw it was in film school. It was when I was like 18, 19 years old. Oh, cool. Third one. This movie actually makes me laugh out loud, which is hard for an old-time movie to do. But you got um, Jack Lemmon and um, Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe, Some Like It Hot. I've seen that You've one. you seen it. Oh, my God. Oh I've seen Some Like God. It Hot. That's good. Yeah. Okay. In my... Um Sophomore year of high school, I took creative writing class with Mr. Brown, who was the best. And the second semester of creative writing class, he just showed us classic movies the whole time. Oh, cool. And then sometimes he would give us assignments based off of them. But most of the time, we just watched classic movies. So I have seen a few, at least from what I remember. And um, Some Like a Hot was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next one. Don't let this director turn you off because he has made just kind of kind of classic movies that don't involve the craziness that comes with his name. Alfred Hitchcock's Uh Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo. What? Vertigo. Okay. Yeah, it's about a guy who has vertigo. (laughs) Sounds thrilling. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Stewart. uh, And he just keeps going to taller and taller buildings. Yeah, he tries to solo. My Jimmy Stewart is falling apart on me. You um, sound like you're having a stroke. Are you okay? (laughs) kind of... (laughs) How it, you want the moon? I'll throw a lasso. I can't do it. I can't do it now. I used to do a good Jimmy Stewart. Now mm. just I just can't. So anyway, it's about it's kind of like that classic kind of crime solving, um, you know, whatever. But it's it's considered his masterpiece. Is Vertigo like that? That is wow. You know, you always think of Alfred Hitchcock with like you know Psycho and the Birds. Those and everything are the only like two that. I know from him. So really, okay. Yeah. So I mean, like he actually made like decent movies, and this one's not violent. It's not any scary. I mean, it's. It's a crime it's drama. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not would like, it fall under like film noir? A little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So okay. it's it's a very. Cool. I mean, people do consider this his masterpiece. This cool. is This is his movie. Um, all right. So second one. Um, no. This, what? Not the second. Not one. to say why is the second one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no. know. The fifth and final one okay. <laughs> that we have here is um, is a movie that a lot of people think that uh, this is his first movie, but it's not. 
um, by Scandal. a little director, maybe you've heard of him, by uh, Martin Scorsese, Ooh. Robert De Niro, Taxi Driver. Um, I've heard of that movie, but like, can I just like guess what it's about? What was it about? Okay, this Don't year's... say it's a guy driving a taxi. Well, that's part of it, <laughs> okay? That's, that's that is part of it. Idea. No, this is my best guess. Like, I literally, like, I'm just going off the seat of my pants here. Uh-huh. It's about a taxi driver okay. who picks up a person, like a guy, and the guy's, like, committing a crime. And he, like, holds a gun to the taxi driver's head and makes him, like, do crime driving. And that's the movie. Is that, that what it's about? That's a good story idea. And they've actually made that movie. <laughs> oh. It's called Collateral with oh, Tom okay. Cruise and Jamie Foxx. That's a good one by Michael Mann. But no. Oh, okay. Um, that was my best guess. I don't know. <laughs> that was good, though. That's a good Robert movie Robert De Niro. It seems like he would do something oh, with a totally, gun. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so, um, what it's about is Robert De Niro, uh, it's kind of a loner in New York and, um, he can't sleep. And so what he decides to do with his time is just, uh, after his day job is drive a taxi around and make some like extra cash. Like in Bob's Burgers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, you know, accidentally comes across some, you know, um, hookers. Um. So exactly like the Bob's Burgers episode. <laughs> So yeah, so he drives around and um, he uh, meets Jodie Foster, thirteen-year-old Jodie Foster. Oh my god! Who is actually a prostitute? Oh my and god! And Harvey Keitel's there, and he's the pimp, and like Jeez. throws him like a hundred dollars just <gasps> to be quiet about because Jodie Foster's trying to get away, and he and she hops in the back of oh, like so much. Robert De Niro's um, taxi. Oh my and god! And after that, um, you're kind of you're picking up on the fact that Robert De Niro's character is a little unstable. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a short fuse. And so um, he takes a girl out. Girl doesn't really like him. Then he kind of freaks out and goes off the deep end. And he kind of is gearing up to do this like uh, vigilante type thing going on. And he tries to, but he's, he's fixating on Jodie Foster and, and, um, and the position that she's in. Mm-hmm. You know, he tries to give her all this money to like get away and try to convince her that, you know, she's better than this and she needs a better life. And she's like, no, 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 I was just, I was high that night. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm in a good spot. My pimp takes care of me or something mm-hmm. like that. And so anyway, he has this kind of a little bit of a nervous breakdown and does some things at the end. Uh-oh. But this is the movie where you get the classic, you're talking to me? Are you oh, talking to me? Oh, is that what that comes this from? This is, this is the movie. It's like so old and I that's know. what that comes from. That wow. is from, that is from Taxi Driver. So I it's, know. Uh, talking to me so it's it's a great movie um um oh god what's his first name bernstein um i forget his first name uh, maybe ernie bernstein or something like that but the dillop fil- bernstein dillop. <laughs> uh, yep. all right no i don't think so but uh <laughs> no i'm pretty sure it's dillop bernstein Anyway, so the the film composer, the score um, is amazing. Okay. Uh, the music is amazing. Uh, Martin Scorsese has a little cameo in Ooh. it, um, and uh, it's just this. I mean, he was on coke during this movie, so oh, great. it's good stuff. Okay. Um, so anyway, if you ever want to, like you do, yeah. So anyway, like I said, um, you know, uh, la- or before I was introducing this movie, is that you know a lot of people think that this is Martin Scorsese's first movie, and that's how you kind of filter out. You know the, the 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 smug pretentious people, or 
uh, not the smug pretentious people, the stupid people that don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Martin Scorsese's first film, Tax Driver. like, no, okay. And then this, the, the, like, the, I know so many people that say that. I know. And then if you get somebody who's kind of quasi cultured and thinks they know what they're talking about, then they'll say all pompously, oh no, 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 um, uh, Mean Streets was Martin Scorsese's first film, and they're wrong too. Okay, wow. because first film was not uh, uh, Mean Streets. Okay, it was a little movie called Boxcar Bertha, alright? So if you ever want to show somebody up who thinks that they know more about movies than you, then you say, no, it's Boxcar Bertha, alright? And if you want to even go further, you say, you know what You know what his short first short film was at the Tisch School at NYU, okay? It was it was fucking the, 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 the big shave, alright? When this guy keeps on shaving, it was a protest to, to the Vietnam, okay? Don't ever try to test my my movie knowledge, okay? Alright? And I mean, now, now you know this knowledge, Morgan. Morgan, you know this knowledge anyway <laughs> i have no words <laughs> so that's martin scorsese's <laughs> little deal there so let's go over the list again <laughs> okay you ready yep all right you got stanley kubrick's dr strange love uh warren betty's uh bonnie and clyde don't know who directed some like it hot some like it hot uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo or Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. See, I already know which one I want to watch. I bet you can guess. Is it the one I just ranted and raved about? No, not that one. <laughs> okay, no. Dr. Strangelove? Yeah! yeah. I want to watch Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> All right. I think Sounds it, great. Yeah, I think you'll think it's funny. All right, let's go watch. War is too important to be left to politicians. Oh, hell. Mr. President, about 35 minutes ago, General Jack Ripper, the commanding general of um, Burleson Air Force Base, issued an order for the planes to uh, attack their targets inside Russia. The aircraft began penetrating Russian radar cover within uh, 25 minutes. I want to speak to General Ripper on the telephone personally. General Ripper uh, sealed off the base and cut off all communication. Any force trying to integrate would certainly encounter very heavy casualties. Staines, get Premier Kissoff on the hotline. Premier Kissoff is a degenerate atheist. Mr. President, I formally request that you have the signal for I'm sorry. I think they're trying the number. One of our base commanders, he ordered his plane to attack your country. Check bomb door circuits one through four. They will not reach their targets for at least another hour. We're just going to have to help you destroy them. The fools, the mad fools, the doomsday machine, a device which will destroy all human and animal life on Earth. Is the Premier threatening to explode this if our planes carry out their attack? No, sir. It is not a thing a sane man would do. The doomsday machine is designed to trigger itself automatically. Automatically? Ah, it's an obvious calming trick, Mr. President. We're wasting valuable time. What do they want? They're getting ready to clobber us. Dr. Strangelove. Mr. President, the technology required is easily within the means of even the smallest nuclear power. It requires only the will to do so. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is a war room. General Rippers, huh? As an officer in Her Majesty's Air Force, it is my clear duty to issue the recall code and bring back the wing. Oh, excuse me, sir. He says that one of the planes hasn't turned back. 
He says, according to information forwarded by our air staff, is headed for the missile complex of Laputa. Welcome to the box office, where you have to pay your dues for listening to our free podcast. This time at the box office, I want to talk about Freshly. Freshly offers chef-prepared, all-natural gourmet meals delivered to customers' doorsteps through a weekly subscription box model. Healthy means that their menu is designed using whole natural ingredients. Every meal is packed with high-quality proteins, heart-healthy fats, and nutrient-dense carbohydrates. Freshly meals will never contain gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. And their meals arrive fresh, never frozen, and are ready to eat within three minutes. Uh, As a Scavengers Network listener, you can take 30% off your first week if you go to bit.ly slash scavfresh. That's S-C-A-V, fresh. Also, Freshly has a headquarters in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a fun fact about them. Because we're in Phoenix. Exactly. And that's the city we're in. And I was going to apply for jobs with them. Oh. Freshly, hire me. I know. I actually didn't apply for any, so. Oh. Jeez, I (laughs) know. They are hiring. Podcasting doesn't pay much here, folks. Um, That's why we're promoting Skillshare. (laughs) Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, technology, and more. Anyone can join the millions of members in our community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. For just under $10 a month, get access to thousands of Skillshare classes taught by the world's best teachers in all of the amazing categories Skillshare has to offer. Each class has a project so you can put your new skills into practice and share your work with others in the community around the world. For two months of free classes, go to bit.ly backslash skillscav. That's bit.ly backslash skillscav. Uh, Skillshare, the skills you need to succeed. Hmm, I like that. That's what it is. What? I think that's what it did last time. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we just watched Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. About the bomb. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to introduce a new Or little... How I Stopped Worrying and Learned and to Love learned the Bomb. Learned to Love there the Bomb. There it is. Yeah. I'm okay. going to do a little new segue. Sure. So it's going to start off with this. <laughs> which is kind of. Oh, oh my God. What's happening? What's wow. happening? It's kind of like a newscast, like TV, like alert thing. Or okay. Whatever, which ties in good because we're doing a radio show, sure. basically. So anyway, I'm going to do this whenever I have to correct the record mm. on uh, something that I uh, that I had said in the in the previous segment so <laughs> this just in guys uh thomas is now having to correct the record on um on what he said about martin scorsese's first feature <gasps> <film>. <laughs> what i know i know you so i went on this just almost rick and morty type uh rant and attack on morgan about <laughs> oh my god i'm my- speechless <laughs> My, speechless my my knowledge and a lot of it was was true and i still 90 percent of it was accurate but his first l- legitimate feature film was the 1967 uh who's that knocking at my door 
with uh, Harvey Keitel and uh, other people that you haven't heard about. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's not Boxcar Bertha. That was about three years later. How's that humble pie taste? I know, right? It tastes pretty bitter and um, cold. I don't know. No, that's revenge, isn't it? It's the best served yeah, cold. Yeah, but I feel like humble pie would probably taste similarly because yeah. it just shouldn't taste good. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so. Um, <laughs> but still, his first... Short film in NYU as the big shave, man. And then, obviously, Taxi Driver is in his first movie. But again, if you want to, you know, name drop some movies, Boxcar Bertha, Big Shave, Who's That Knocking at My Door, nobody knows those movies. All right. So, like, also another one is, like, Tarantino's first film. Everybody thinks it's Reservoir Dogs. And it's kind of not. It's called My Best Friend's Birthday. But it was never finished because there was a warehouse fire. But he made the entire movie, and there's like 20 minutes still, like on the internet that you can see. Hmm. Um, but it's right. ba- it's basically true romance, though, which was his first screenplay that mm, got picked up. Anyway, we're not going there. We're talking about Doctor Strange Love. So, right. Morgan, what'd you think? So, Doctor Strange Love, or how I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb. Gotta include that. It was good. Okay. The ending was a little weird, but it was, it was a little strange. Strange. But did you love it? Love. <laughs> nope, that was nothing. No, uh, <laughs> we tried. Um, I liked it. So what happens in this movie? So basically what happens in this movie is um, a general, Jack D. Ripper, get it? Jack the Ripper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, all the names in this movie are pretty funny. Anyway, so Jack D. Ripper um, sets off a attack from his B-52 bombers that he's in charge of, and um, they uh, are ordered to drop nuclear bombs on Russia. This is during the Cold War. And so the president finds out about this and is like, I don't want to attack Russia. He's played Russia. by Peter Sellers. Yes. So Peter Sellers plays three different people. But anyway, yes. so the president finds out, president's name is Merkin Muffley. I didn't know that. It's basically just like vagina wig vagina. <laughs> um, or pubic hair, pubic hair. But anyway, oh, so, because muff. I, yeah, uh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, all thank right, you. sweet. So, um, so Merkin Muffley, the president, uh, he doesn't want to attack Russia. And so he's like, how do we stop these bombers? And they're like, basically, you can't. Yeah. Sorry. Dimitri. And so they call the president of russia which is hilarious uh to let him know what was going on and then basically what happens is they just try to stop the the bombers from bombing russia but then in the end spoiler alerts one of the planes that we've been following their radio equipment was damaged and so they do not receive the call to uh, not drop the bomb, and yep. so then they go drop the bomb, setting off a doomsday device yep. that kills everybody, and everyone Yay. dies, and that's the end of the movie. Slim Pickens was the one that dropped the bomb, too. I can't believe Slim. that is his real name. Oh, I doubt it is. That has to be a stage or screen name. Wild. Slim Pickens. Anyway, so um, that's the movie, basically. That's the movie. Um, and so when I was refreshing myself on the, the plot, like I'd like to do... When I know, I was, you seemed very... Uh, detailed in your description like the you knew the model of the plane um the b-52s well i mentioned it in the movie i know well what i what i liked was like all the names of the characters like that i that you don't really pick up during watching it but like 
they were they had good names. Like the other one was like um yeah mandrake um yeah for the other peter sellers character so peter sellers plays three people he plays mandrake who is a british like officer officer that is on like an exchange program so he's working (laughs) in the u.s which like what the fuck is that yeah and then um he's also playing merkin muffley the president yeah and dr strangelove Mm -hmm. who was a former nazi german doctor the characters were just over the top and yeah. good in their like weird way. Like, it started off slow though, didn't you? Didn't you find? Maybe a little bit. Didn't you find? Yeah. Well, yeah, because like I think more towards the midpoint of the movie is when everything like all the funny shits happening. Yeah. Really, like it yeah, starts it off slow, and you're like, "Is this going to be serious?" Up. And then like, uh-huh. yeah, and then it starts, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is so funny." I know. I mean, there was there were great just kind of these funny, quirky, you know, one liners. Like even in the office when the troops are coming in. Um, and he, and Ripper's like, come feed me this, uh, you know, ch- the, the bullets to the gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he wouldn't do it. And he's like, come on, Mandrake, the Redcoats are coming, which yeah. is funny. Cause it's just kind of the ignorant, stupid American that's telling this to the British guy. Yeah, you know, the Redcoats are coming. And, um, but okay. So let me ask you this. Cause I, this is an easy one for me. Um, what is, what would be the funniest scene in this movie to you? Um, when he called the Russian president. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For you, oh, too, I think, right? Oh, yeah. That's, so, that's easily. And the it's, president isn't seen, the Russian president is not seen or heard in this. It's just yeah. the, the the one side of the U.S. president talking on the phone yep. to him. And, and it's just so, like, you could just tell what he's saying just from his responses. Uh-huh, and he's, yeah. yeah. And so it's, and, and it's, it's pretty such, funny. And it's such a great setup, too, because first he talks to the, um, like, not the... Um, ambassador. Yeah, so, the ambassador. Or, or yeah, ambassador. who's very okay. serious. Yeah, and and um, as, as he's handing the phone on over to the president, um, the American president, he's he's saying, "I think he's a little drunk." And that's so great because I mean, you you wonder if Peter Sellers, the comedic genius that he was, yeah, just kind of took off with that, mm-hmm. or if he needed somebody maybe on the other end to kind of yeah. like help out. I know, or so something, good. you know. But, um, um, yeah, that was that was that was pretty great. That was the best, probably the best part. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about uh, was um, it was like something that kind of hit, I don't know, like hit home, I suppose, or, or that I found a, a huge parallel in real life was that the general General Ripper, right? His whole reasoning when he's telling the British officer um, of why he decided to bomb them is because they're using fluoride to pollute the water and pollute. Our precious bodily fluids. They being the Um, communists. The communists, yes. And so um, I just thought that was really funny because, like, it it definitely coincides. Because then I was looking this up and you're like, why are you looking this up? Well, here's why. Um, Because... So fluoridation in water, like, so all of our public water supply in the U.S. has fluoride in it because there were studies done that showed that, like, people's teeth were rotting out of their heads and a really good way to combat that in your general population of people is to put fluoride in the water so that they're just naturally getting fluoride as they drink water, which uh, strengthens your teeth. Yeah. Um, and so they officially, the U.S. officially started putting fluoride in the public water supply in 1951. Cold War was in the 50s. Um, And ever... Well, maybe not ever since then, but there is nowadays... 
people like conspiracy theorists say that they're adding fluoride to the water, like the U.S. is adding fluoride to the water in order to like control our minds oh, or something. Yeah. And so I wonder if they brush their teeth, but whatever, <laughs> um, because there's fluoride in your toothpaste too. But right. they say, oh, they're adding fluoride to the water to, for mind control. It's controlling your minds. Da, da, yes. da, 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 which like very much sounds Justin just Bieber like. Justin is talented. <laughs> yes. Desposito is the best song ever. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the fluoride talking. All right. <laughs> so, um, so people say that now that like, oh, it's mind control. But then like General Ripper was saying that in this movie right. that came out when in the 60s or whatever. So I wonder how these dumb conspiracy theories yeah. coincide with the release of this movie. Like, and it almost makes you wonder if somebody saw that and was like, oh, maybe. He's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So other than that, uh, I mean, what other... Um, kind of things stood out to you as far as, I don't know, I guess any type of patterns or... I don't know, why don't we talk about the end of the movie? Because the end is a little bit intriguing, right? So basically what happens is you see, the very last shot you see of the B-52 bomber that got away or whatever mm-hmm. is that the... You see Slim Pickens. Yeah, the captain of the plane riding is like riding a, the nuke down to the ground. His, yeah, which is and, a really iconic shot. It's yeah. a good shot. And then... um. Um, and then, so then it goes back to the war room mm-hmm. where everything's going on and they're saying, well, if this doomsday device gets set off, you know, we're going to have to go underground and here's what yeah. we can do and blah, blah, blah. And don't and you love that the person who's talking about selecting a certain kind yes. of, a uh-huh. kind of is people the ex-Nazi. is the ex-Nazi, yeah. Nazi Dr. So, Strange. quote unquote ex. Yeah, right. <laughs> so then while they're talking about that, you see the... Um, Russian ambassador walking away yeah. and taking secret pictures of the war room, of the big board, the big boards, and um, and that that kind of that sparked an interest with me. Yeah, because, uh, everybody thought that you know in the in the war room that the Russians were kind of bluffing about this doomsday machine, right? And you know, and even like the I need to know his name, but like the over patriotic. Uh, you know, general guy, uh-huh. you know, even said, you know, oh, that's a load of malarkey or whatever 60s term that he is. Um, so if if it was a bluff or if it wasn't a bluff and the doomsday machine like actually like, you know, occurred and happened and it was real, what need would it have been for that ambassador to like sneak a picture of the mm-hmm. war? Because it's all, it, everything's it's just, everything's nothing now after that. I mean, there's no Cold War. There's no. And so how the movie ends is, um, it just segues into just a, a medley of shots of nuclear explosions. Yeah. Which just implies that everything well, so exploded. Here, so you don't even know, like, did it or what's going on? And you know? so here's one thing that uh, this may be a bit of a stretch, but the series of nukes going off at the very end could signify that the Doomsday Machine did in fact exist or that... Maybe they just went to war afterwards, mm. like that. The the nuclear war actually happened after all of this, and and the doomsday machine was a bluff. It was mm-hmm. made up, and uh, sure enough, they're continuing with it. But just in what everybody predicted would happen is this World War Three nuclear uh, war, and so hence that's the reason why the ambassador was still kind of on his track, on yeah. his you know agenda. Yeah, to, that's interesting. Kind yeah. Of, so. Well, shall we move on to our ratings? Sure. We didn't do ratings last time. Oh, we did. We did the, the little corrections yeah. noise. The corrections the, noise. Your noise. So, so I need to issue a correction from last episode. We Uh-oh. forgot to do ratings of yeah. the movie. That's all. Okay. 
Okay. Do the noise again. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, but we're doing ratings this time. We're back and we're rating the movie. <laughs> are we going to rate Atonement first? Or no. We... Okay, yeah, yeah, I just wanted just to mention it. that we didn't do it last time because <laughs> I realized that. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, we're going to do ratings for Doctor Strange. There's so many things. Like how many... Sticks of gum would you give this? I How was many? gonna say sticks of gum. Did you have anything else? Uh, no, I, I I think that's um that's good. Okay, perfect. Dimitri. So <laughs> I can be just as sorry as you, okay? So how many sticks I like of- talking to you. Yeah, well, then we're both sorry. I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> How many sticks of gum would you rate this? I mean, this is it's it's such a great movie. It's 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 funny. It's and and, and I think it's 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 so ahead of its time. Like every Kubrick movie, it's a Kubrick film, so it's it's great. I can't I can't. This is such a great movie. Um, I now want the poster in my house. It's somewhere. a good good poster. It's a good poster. Yeah. And uh, and also another thing is not a lot of people they know of it, but they have no idea really what it's about. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like you know it's black and white. People nowadays they you know unless they're all like you know, film buff bleh, people. You know they're not going to see this movie, so it's a good one to kind of like share with everybody. Anyway, I'm um, getting off track. Uh, how many sticks of gum? Mm-hmm. I'd probably say uh, nine point two. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go right up there because this. I I even said when we first started watching it, or not when we first started watching it, but when you showed me the you know, the art of the poster. Maybe I mentioned it in the first half of this. I can't remember, but I said, oh, it reminds me of Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Yeah, and and I read my first Kurt Vonnegut book when I was 15 or 16 and was, like, obsessed with, like, the sense of randomness, but also so clever and, like, this, like, dark humor, you know, so it was very much appeals to that, like, dark humor, but also random, like, just, like, nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, like, everything is meaningless kind of feeling okay. that I really enjoy and I know that if I saw this when I was that age like Probably. I would be like this is my favorite movie <laughs> like I love this and nothing is better yeah. so um so I am I'm gonna say 10 out of 10 wow six of gum I really do like it and wow. I would happily watch it again and oh, I think God. that Good. if you haven't seen it you have to go, go you have it. to see it absolutely yeah. like and I get, get through the first 20 30 minutes because I don't even it's all think set it's, up that's not even that bad the first yeah, 20 really 30 not. you just you got to pay attention though yeah you yeah, know because really if you miss because it is it's setting up the entire mm-hmm. rest of the movie so yeah. and you get um, to see a young James Earl Jones a young, yeah which young is so interesting to see him and hear him and stuff so but um, I just feel like, I feel like we don't, I or I don't, when we watch movies for the show, I don't often recommend them. Oh, yeah, And say, like, true. hey, listeners, you should watch this. Yeah. Like, I really do think, like, please, yeah, if you're listening to this, this episode, movie. go watch this movie. Take some time. You won't regret it. It's very That's funny. Very you good. really don't recommend No, not often. Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, so, wow. I mean, um, you don't like them. <laughs> no, I like them, I but... Okay, well, I guess cool. I just don't ever feel that strongly. About I know, I, just, I don't know. You feel so, very strongly. I do. I really like it. I don't so. know if you've even given another movie ten out of ten before. I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which movie? A few. Okay. And I need to keep track because I, I always know. say something like, "Oh, ten out of ten, it's in the winner's circle," but like uh-huh. I don't know what other movies are in there because I can't fucking remember. So okay. sorry. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for us for this episode. 
Um, so big thank you to Freshly and big thank you to Skillshare for giving us support of the show. Big thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on. Um, other good shows to listen to today. I'm going to talk about State Your Case. Oh. Um, so State Your Case is busy building America 2.0 and trimming off the fat of the current America that we have. Uh, a lot Sam, of fat. Sam Grezes goes and talks to a lot of, or talks to- A lot of fat people? No. Oh. Sam Grezes talks to one um, representative from each state and then uh, says why, not like a state representative, oh, like a, just okay. like a, a like, human oh, that a, lives a, in the state. It's a pretty high-end <laughs> yeah. podcast. No, right? so, and then he, you know, he basically just interviews them and says, why should you be in America 2.0? So they're, okay. they're getting towards the end and we'll be announcing America 2.0 now. There's only eight episodes left, so are, I don't are, are know they, what's going to happen after that, but it's, are it's they pretty gonna good. Are they going to have a purge in America 2.0? I hope not. So yeah. Election, yeah. Purge. So they will be it's wrapping... It's like the new Saw. It's ridiculous. So they'll be wrapping... Uh, uh, God, I forgot the name of the show now. State they'll be wrapping case. up State Your Case soon, so now is the perfect time to binge the first... 42 episodes or whatever um and there's also yeah. um bad 30 spouses that's a good one <laughs> that is nothing and uh and um, um bad 30 spouses sounds awesome <laughs> bad 30 spouses. that was a, a blend of um 30 under 30 bad pen pal and spooky spouses bad 30 spouses i like it i know that's our new podcast anyway Called um it- so bad that is spouses. You like us? Please tell someone about the show. Share it, um, and go ahead and hit that like and subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on we are on Twitter and Instagram at Academy Outcasts. So thank you so much for listening. I've been your host Morgan Spatola. I've been your co-host Thomas Jernigan. Thank you so much, folks, and that's a wrap. <laughs>